Welcome to Digital Marketing Musings. Each episode, we choose a different expert to discuss the latest and greatest in digital marketing. Today, we're interviewing, interviewing Jamie Gerke about customer loyalty, particularly as it relates to the cookie feature that we've talked so much about and the need for rich first-party data collection. I'm Gaia Reed, And I'm Andrea McCartney. And this is Digital Marketing Musings. Thanks for tuning in to Digital Marketing Musings. Today, we're joined by Jamie Gerke, Senior Director of Business Development. In her over 12 years at Merkle, Jamie has been most focused on loyalty solutions and how to help clients generate ongoing customer engagement with their brand. Welcome to our show, Jamie. Well, thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. So Jamie, what do we mean when we're talking about loyalty solutions? You know, when we talk about loyalty, there's a wide variety of different solutions out in the marketplace. And I think a lot of marketers and consumers think of your more traditional points-based loyalty programs, right? You go, you buy a product, and you get points, and then you can, you know, earn those points and redeem them for prizes. But I would say within the last, you know, few years, we've definitely seen a shift Um, where it's not about just rewarding your members for making purchases, um, but it's also about rewarding your members for doing, you know, specific activities and behaviors that you want them to do and really kind of like in a more authentic way. So, you know, things like signing up for your email CRM program or answering survey questions, getting them to engage with you socially, you know, and then the the benefit really is for the consumer, they're completing these activities and behaviors, they're getting points and rewards, but for the brand, you know, the brand is really being able to collect that first party um, key data um, of their customers. And so I think the brands that are really doing loyalty the best um, are the ones that have really reframed loyalty as like the outcome of all their experiences and all of the touch points across the customer life cycle. Um, Because by developing those loyalty programs and gaining that first party data, that's what's really gonna fuel the experiences for the customers. It's like new age loyalty programs. (laughs) Exactly, you got it, my friend. (laughs) So when do advertisers normally come to us for loyalty help and like what's What's typically the goal that they're seeking or, or what are they trying to achieve? Yeah, I think typically we see our partners coming to us in a couple of different ways, right? One is how do we increase sales, drive more wallet in our industry? And the second really is when they're trying to build, you know, their, their email database, um, learn more about their customers so that they can send more targeted and relevant information um, to them. So not only do we support our partners in figuring out what is the right type of loyalty solution, right? Is it a points-based program? Is it an engagement? Um, Is it surprise and delight? But also like, how do you keep those experiences fresh and new and engaging because you don't want it to get stale, right? So um, I think one of our our main recommendations is when when coming to building loyalty programs is to really help pulse in those gamification experiences as well um, and making sure that they're member gated. (laughs) What I mean by member gated is really making sure that somebody has to be a loyalty member in order order to participate. And we do that with so many of our brands, right? Sephora, Starbucks, um, Choice Hotels. It's, It's a great way to really help drive membership for the brand as well. 
And Justin, in case our listeners don't really know what you mean by gamification of the loyalty program, can you um, give sure. an example of that? Yeah, so gamification programs can be a wide range too, just like loyalty programs are. So think of your traditional sweepstakes experiences, um, instant win games, contests, those can be on websites, it can be done socially on mobile. Um, and again, I think I think in the past, clients have thought of gamification experiences as like short-term strategies, right? But now really the best marketers are reconsidering them and trying to weave them more into their larger um, digital and data transformations. Because again, that's where consumers are really giving that first party data up um, when, they're, when they want to experience and engage with one of those uh, gamification experiences. Super interesting, especially as a long-term strategy. Cool. Um, so we've been talking a lot about loyalty and especially in the context of the upcoming third-party cookie deprecation, especially um, with Chrome coming up in 2022 or the changes to Chrome coming in 2022. Are there any challenges that loyalty programs are facing related to like legislation bills that have been passed around consumer privacy? And if so, what are the things that advertisers should be preparing for? You know, as as these large tech companies are right shifting away from the third party cookie right brands and and organizations they're going to start losing that like way they track customers activities right so like today you know they use that third party data to like know who i am um where am i spending my time you know what am i engaging with but as they shift away from that that knowledge is going to become less and less right so Right. Um, from a loyalty standpoint, um, as those as those brands start to know less and less, how do they start to then kind of like fuel and and help themselves kind of like retarget themselves to to consumers? And the best way to do that is really through building their own customer database um, and ultimately developing like a um, identity graph for their consumers, right? So that's really where our loyalty programs and gamification experiences come into play is that those solutions are strategically designed to gather first party data, right? And and by capturing that first party data, we're creating a, a mutual value exchange. So it's like, okay, consumers come to our experience and they're saying, yes, I want to give my data to you in exchange for either the chance to win or some sort of reward. Um, and I think the great thing about the loyalty programs is, again, it's the consumer coming to us and saying, yes, I'm opting in to give you my information, um, which is great, right? That's what you want. It's, it's really gathering that first party data. And just so we can like map this all together, previously, first party data was important, but not like the end all be all because um, on these platforms, people were tracked by cookies. So their behavior could be like followed along as they go along the internet. Now we're having deprecation of, of cookies, particularly third party cookies. And we're now saying it's important for uh, the brands themselves to go out and collect that data versus these platforms having that data collected on their behalf in order for them to use. So the main value prop seems to be what you're describing of, um, okay, I get all these people to sign up for uh, a sweepstakes, for example, mm -hmm. and I use that information and then I can take that list of emails or whatever personal information that I get from those people 
um, and I use an identity graph and I am able to push spend towards those particular individuals in the marketplace. Is that a, an accurate assumption, uh, not assumption, but a description of that process? Yeah, I think I think you're you're spot on, right? And so, you know, as we're developing these loyalty programs, you know, Jamie Gerke is registering, right? And then as I as I engage with the loyalty solution, you're knowing what I'm purchasing, right? But then we also will layer in, like I said, those other activities and behaviors like survey questions. So you can now know, you know, Jamie has three daughters, you know, this is where she lives, this is what she's interested in. So instead of just like marketing to the masses, you can specifically target me and know what my likes or dislikes are and to have that more like one-to-one communications with me versus just like sending me everything and, you know, anything and everything. Okay. Um, So knowing that this is of the utmost importance at this time for (laughs) advertisers to really begin building out this, um, this huge uh, database of information themselves, what kinds of loyalty pr- uh, programs perform the best, um, either for particular verticals or, or types of clients, so that if someone's just starting their loyalty program or re- revamping it to like their new age loyalty program, as it were, <laughs> what what should they be trying to, to focus on of what's worked best across yeah. advertisers? Sure. Yeah, I like that new age uh, loyalty program. I might take that back uh, <laughs> to the Point team. That, make that a catchphrase within the the industry. Yeah. <laughs> you may need to trademark that, friend. Um, <laughs> so I think <laughs> the, you know the most the most successful and you know advanced loyalty programs are definitely the ones that just seamlessly integrate with a customer's lifestyle, right? And and provide them with moments of value and. And as you do that over time, right, it's it's creating this emotional connection with the with their consumers. And but every and every industry is just a little bit different. Right. And I think to give you a couple of examples right in the QSR space, I think as COVID really accelerated, right, that space wanted to get consumers more more familiar with things like, you know, mobile pickup or mobile ordering. Right. And so over the last year, we've really developed several programs, to be honest, that reward consumers for doing those activities and behaviors, because we know that as a consumer does them more frequently, it starts to become part of their everyday routine, right? So before COVID, I never really pre-ordered my drinks on Starbucks, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but by by doing so, I was rewarded, right? So now it's just something that I do I'd hate to say this every single day, but pretty regularly. (laughs) Um, Or for instance, like in the travel space, right? They, they, they were hit, you know, very hard with, with COVID and, and for them it's, you know, how do we gain that first party data about a person's travel preferences, especially after COVID, right? So we've even created these engagement programs, these, these really loyalty engagement focused programs where, again, we ask them certain questions or fun polls, or we do like these like um, personality tests. So it's like, would you prefer this type of trip or this type of trip, right? Is it a beach or is it a mountains? And by doing that, again, it allows these travel partners of ours to know specifically what Jamie is interested in. And then as they start sending out their CRM communications, they know that if I'm, again, interested in family vacations, places where it's warm, they're going to send me emails about Orlando 
Disney, right? California, they're not going to send me like skiing in the mountains. So I think it all goes back to deepening that customer relationship because, and that identity graph about Jamie, because at the end of the day, consumer wants a brand to think of them on a one-to-one relationship. They, they want to feel that like personal connection. And I think that's, as we move away from the third-party cookie, that's where that first-party data is going to come into play more and more. Yep. We've talked on some of our previous podcasts of what the consumer experience really is going to be like after cookies are, <laughs> or at least third-party cookies are deprecated. And, yeah. and if consumers will really... Um, notice like how much less personalized or how much less tailored their ad experience would be. So hopefully with this strategy, you're, you're talking to advertisers who are trying to um, get ahead of that. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a lot about like what's going to be kind of from like the user standpoint as someone within the industry, um, how can other channels help support loyalty programs? Like I know I work in SEO, Guy works in SEM. Like, what are some ideas that, that you have from that perspective? Yeah, we've, we've always had this, like, really funny saying, um, like, we can throw the party um, and our partners send out the invites, <laughs> which is like, and what I mean by that is, like, we can create the most amazing loyalty program ever, uh, the most awesome gamification experience. But if nobody knows about it, obviously, it's not, it's not going to be a success. Um, and so we definitely recommend always brands try to use their own media as much as possible, right? So banners on your site, um, social posts, dedicated email blasts. We definitely always recommend that kind of like structure first. And then if there is an opportunity to do some sort of like paid media um, for our partners, you know, we work with them to kind of figure out what are the right channels for who you're targeting? Um, we do what we call like good, better, best um, projections as well. So if a partner of ours provides us with their media plan, we then based on the 20 plus years of doing these programs, we can then go back to them and say, okay, based on these impressions, based on where you're spending, um, we would expect you to receive, you know, top of the funnel down, right? This is how many people we expect to come to the site. This is how many people we come to register. Here's how many are gonna opt in. Um, So it's kind of, again, top of the funnel down. Um, But again, I think think the most, successful or, or the the most powerful pieces of data a brand can leverage is is this first party data from from loyalty and so sometimes what we also see is that our, our partners will try to find like lookalikes right so they'll look to see who from their loyalty program who's the most spending who's who are the ones that are you know spending a bunch of time with us or frequently visiting us and then they create these like lookalike profiles so that when they do spend in a paid media buy, they can try to target people that are similar to those loyalty members because then that's gonna, again, fuel the loyalty program and and drive growth, not only just for the loyalty program, but across the business as well. So you said it's it's gonna be specific to what audience you're you're going after or what what demographics. Mm -hmm. Um, Given a specific situation like Maybe you're going after more like Gen Z and you want to go more after TikTok, for for example, Mm -hmm. or some of the new social platforms. Um, Can you give a a situation where the best um, case scenario of like these these levels of support or like these channels of support or types of support uh, relate to a specific um, 
target audience that you're trying to go after or a, a specific advertiser's need in that moment? Yeah. So I think, you know, we, we do work with a wide variety of different partners and all of their targets are, are definitely <laughs> wide, right? So we have um, brands like AARP that we work with, um, but then we also work with like Starbucks, you know, two totally different brands, probably two totally different um, target audiences. So again, I think depending on who the brand is, um, we have an in-house strategy team that can work with our partners to say, okay, based on what your goals are, if you have a, a target of 100,000 people to register your for program, we will again work kind of backwards from that and to say, all right, we should put X number of impressions here and you know Y number of impressions here and with your dedicated email blast, we can expect this. So we'll work with, with our partners um, because again, not all channels are created equal for every target demographic, right? If we're targeting someone like males 60 plus, putting stuff on Instagram probably isn't where we want to spend, <laughs> spend our money. Um, not to be judgmental, but <laughs> that's probably not the recommendation. Probably a small, with, but... small demographic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so again, we'll work with our partners on that just to make sure that we, you know, we want their media spend to be um, them to get the most ROI out of it as they can. So we, we definitely have those benchmarks and guidance that we'll provide our partners um, when it comes to making sure that they're placing media in the right spots based on who they're targeting. Yep, that makes sense. Um, any final tips or takeaways for businesses and advertisers who are looking to build up their loyalty programs and, and uh, accordingly their first party customer data set? Yeah, I think, you know, I think when building loyalty programs or gamification experiences, like I mentioned earlier, you really need to make sure that there is a true mutual value exchange and that you're giving your consumers a reason to engage with this program, right? Um, you know, we, we see sometimes our partners come to us and they're like, well, we think we should give away X or maybe this should be the reward structure. And, and you know, we'll do an analysis on it. But what we have found is that when when you have some sort of like large reward, you know, that's really what's going to capture someone's attention, right? Um, something aspirational. Um, but then layering on the element of making sure that people feel like they have a really good chance of getting something and getting something soon, um, I think is really, really important. You know, I've been part of loyalty programs myself. Where I'm like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get a reward? Like I've been doing this forever. <laughs> um, so we definitely want to make sure that people feel like they they have a high chance of engaging and getting something for for that um you know and over the past um year in our we just had our merkel loyalty barometer report um release but over the past year there was a six percent increase um in consumers who said you know it is super important for me as a consumer that a brand recognizes them on either their past visits or recognizes me as like an individual person. Again, it's going back to that, making sure you're not just not marketing to me to market to me, you're marketing to me in my specific lifestyle in this chapter of life. Um, so again, I think being able to like weave these experiences in um, seamlessly, allowing the brands to collect that first party data and developing that like more personalized relationships is what separates really successful loyalty programs 
versus loyalty programs that, you know, people kind of forget about. That totally makes sense. Very cool. Well, that's it for this episode of Digital Marketing Musings. Huge thanks to our guest, Jamie Gerke, for joining us today. Stay in touch and let us know what you want to hear about next by emailing us at digitalmarketingmusings at merkelink.com. Also, if you've not already, please hit that subscribe button and rate and review us. It helps others find us. And please be sure to tell your friends about the show. Until next time, I'm Andrea McCartney. And I'm Gaia Reed. Bye.